All right. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Seattle Nice. I'm David Hyde here with our two special guests who are here every week, Erica C. Barnett, Sandeep Kashik, and we're here to discuss the fact that Seattle voters sent a message. What was it? That's the question. That's part of what we're going to be talking about. It Was it that a bunch of Neanderthals with about as much compassion as Clint Eastwood in the Dirty Harry movies are about to take over the city council and cast the city into eternal darkness? Or is it a bunch of earnest progressives who just happen to be back by corporate interest one, albeit pragmatic progressives. Joining us again to talk about it, Erica C. Barnett and Sandeep Kaushik. And Erica, let's start with you. I ran into you on election night. Yeah, uh, we were running between the We parties. talked for yeah. like 30 I seconds. Thought, I thought you weren't going out, Erica. You told yeah, me. She, she went out. Yeah, she went out. I shamed her into going out, and I ran into her. Uh, I had just left the ebullient mood at Bob Kettle's celebration party, heading over to Andrew Lewis's party, where you had started out. But let's just talk about that race to start, because Andrew Lewis is dropping out. What what was that um, experience like for you, or what can you tell us about that race? Let's start there. Yeah, that party was was interesting, because um, as we were discussing before we started taping, the results didn't uh, come in on King County's website like they usually do. So the results coming in was a little uh, low-key, and I went over to Andrew, and I was like, what's going on, you know, at 8.20 or something? And, he's, and he said, you know, oh, you can see the results on King 5, and just sounded very down. Down. And I asked him, did you uh, underestimate Bob Kettle uh, early on? Because I think he was actually quite dismissive of Kettle, a retired uh, Navy veteran who lives on Queen Anne um, and who will be the next council member in District 7. And he said he didn't think he did. Uh, he had really taken it seriously. I'm not sure that I completely buy that. But yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty glum mood. And as you said, I was racing over to Bob Kettle's when I ran into you. And it was crowded, you know, uh, lots of food, lots of happy people. I didn't recognize a whole lot of people. People in the room, I got to say. Ann Davison was there. Uh, Sarah, Sarah Nelson. Nelson. But that was uh, it. Who was the, who were the rest of those folks? Mark Sidron's wife, I think, was there. Um, it was a whole cast of characters. Was it Republicans? I want to say that there were some Republicans, but there were you know there were Kettle supporters from District Seven. So yeah, um, and they were they were they were in a really good mood. Not just about that race, but it, but <laughs> but they uh, they saw those results and they were thrilled about what happened. Let's just set the scene with you too, Sandeep. Where were you on election night and what was your mood like? I was, for the drop, I was uh, at Alex Hudson's party at Olmstead on uh, Broadway on Capitol Hill. Obviously, tough results that came back in that race with Joy with a big, big sort of 17-point lead. So I was there, but then I, I did drop by Maritza Rivera's party on my way home and and obviously kind of a uh, uh, I will say, like, like Alex's party was not somber, depressed. Alex gave up a really positive speech. There was a full room. A lot of people were cheering and happy and, you know, even though the results weren't great. Um, and obviously at this point, Alex has, uh, as of this morning, conceded the race to Joy Hollingsworth. They talked this morning. But uh, but then I went over to Maritza's party and there was obviously a crew of people there. Ann Davison was over at Maritza's Wait, party. I ran into her. How did she get we from party to party? Amazing. Yeah, and made the rounds. You know, the mayor dropped by Maritza's party so to offer his congratulations. So, uh, you know, I was there for a bit. Maritza was obviously very, very excited and happy about the initial results where she was up 11 points. And so, uh, yeah, that's what I did. And then I went home. And the Maritza race is not over yet. I think it's, well, I, I guess that's right. Technically, I think it's all but over. I will be very surprised if we see 
Ron Davis uh, catch up at this point. I, I think it's perfectly fine to, to to wait and let's see another drop and uh, you know. But um, at least as I understand the numbers, I think that it looks pretty favorable for for Maritza right now. So we may have more concessions because we're taping just before the Friday drop, unfortunately. And there will be a drop today, apparently, even though it's a holiday. But Erica, back to that original question, um, Neanderthals, earnest <laughs> progressives, which of those is more accurate, would you say? Well, look, I mean, none of these candidates are what I would call the, the ones that are, that are, you know, moving through or what I would call progressives. I sort of struggle with the word conservative because uh, mostly because Sandeep always objects to it. But I think, you know, overall, we're we're seeing a, uh, a shift to the center, as I said in my piece about this. And it, you know, remains to be seen um, sort of what the agenda of a lot of these candidates is, because, you know, during the campaign itself, I think things got simplified down to a couple of very black and white seeming issues. People uh, who prevailed said that, you know, the, the vote to uh, on the drug law uh, needed to come sooner. And now that drugs are criminalized, the city is going to be able to solve the problem. And the other issue was crime sort of writ large. And candidates who won all promised to hire lots more police and, and fix the problem of crime. You know, I, and I think what will be very interesting is now that this group of candidates has a mandate and now that the council is going to be largely a bunch of newcomers who are all allies of the mayor. I mean, I think that the mayor and his council will not really have anywhere to hide or people to blame because the progressive left wing lunatic council that Sadiq likes to complain about uh, is gone. So if uh, crime does not get solved, if drugs do not get solved, or, you know, if there is not a visible uh, difference on the streets to, you know, the perception of maybe people who work downtown or people who watch TV news, there's going to be nowhere, no one to blame and nowhere to run. Uh, and so that, that, that sounds somewhat apocalyptic, but I just don't think that these simplistic solutions are actually going to work out very well in practice. So uh, that's what I'm mostly interested in now that we have this new council. Sandeep, it's the Pottery Barn rule. You break it, you bought it. Used to describe the war in Iraq, but but there's something to that here now, right? They own it. They own the city of Seattle. They own all of the cities of Seattle's problems as of January, whatever it is. That's right. That's right. They've invaded Iraq and won. Yeah. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now we've got a now we've got to subdue Fallujah and uh, you know Ramadi. But um, um, look, before I, I dive into that, I I think there's a lot of truth to what Erica just said. But I think we should clarify, like as of Friday afternoon, I think there's still one race in play, right? The the District Two race between Tammy Morales and Tanya Wu, I really think is a straight up jump ball right now. Um, Sports. It is not clear. I, well, I mean, look before yesterday's drop the Thursday drop um the numbers I was seeing was that that Tammy Morales needed 55.3 percent of the remaining ballots to catch up and she got 55.2 percent in yesterday's drop so that puts it right on the razor's edge I mean this could end up between you know a uh, hundred votes either way I know the the woo campaign has started chasing ballots as as of yesterday to cure ballots that have been rejected for signature issues or other stuff so Going to be super interesting to see how that race plays out. But nonetheless, whatever the outcome of the D2 race, I do think what happened in this election is that in a shift from the from the primary, this general election turned into a straight-up referendum on the direction of the city on public safety. And 
a majority of voters picked a side on that. And what they, I think what they said was, we've lost trust in the left lane candidates and the Council on Public Safety, and we're going to take the baton away from them. And we're, and as Erica says, they're giving it to the, a mayor and very much a kind of brand new council. I mean, if Tammy doesn't survive this race, I would argue there isn't a single left progressive left on the council. You could argue that Dan Strauss won by running in the left lane, but he only won by pivoting very hard to the center on public safety. And so I don't count that as a big win for the left, that Dan is going to, you know, narrowly win that race against Pete Hanning. So again, I think to Erica's point, I think the ball is in now the court of the mayor and and the moderates and the public has clearly said they may not have an answer on public safety, but they don't trust the left on it. They want to try something new. And (laughs) it is now incumbent on the mayor and others to deliver. I mean, I don't don't know that something new. I mean, I would say that, you know, taking the long perspective, we're kind of going back to the era of Mark Sidron and, you know, much more conservative council that, you know, existed when I think both you and I got here, Sundeep, I got here in 2001, you know, and I think we're kind of returning to that era. But, you know, I don't I, I don't think hire lots of cops and lock people up is a new idea. I think it's one that's, you know, been pretty unsuccessful in the past, but it's certainly the one that these candidates have said they want. I mean, I will say too, you know, just to speak to the sort of massive voter swing or whatever between August and now, I think the voters are somewhat fickle. And I think that when you pour hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, particularly like if you look at District 1, if you look at uh, District 4, Maritza's race, Rob Saka and District 1 uh, received massive hundreds of thousands of dollars. Saka so far has gotten almost half a million dollars uh, from these outside business-backed groups. And um, I think that 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 matters because it puts ads on the air. It allows, uh, you know, in this case, a lot of campaigns to claim that their opponent is for defunding the police, which is apparently still a very potent slogan, even though I think it's completely, you know, false and misleading in pretty much every case. Uh, But, you know, I mean, there is a there is a cynical campaign uh, that happened in every single race as well. And I think we can't just discount that and say, oh, the voters in their wisdom decided that homelessness was less important in November than it was in August, because homelessness is still an important problem in the city. It's just what's put in front of people's eyes is what's on their minds to some extent. Ah, I'm sure you'll be shocked, but I have a a somewhat different. I know you trust the voters in their their infinite wisdom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not in 2019, only in 2021 and 2023. Look, I, I was kind of casting around trying to figure out what is my metaphor or my analogy for what just happened here. And I, I think what it is, is you both are probably familiar with the with the Hindi word um, sati, right? And sati is the term that applies to what used to be part of of Hindu culture, right, pre-colonialism, where the widow of, of a man who had died was expected to throw herself on the funeral pyre of her husband and self-immolate. And I kind of think that's really the, the metaphor here is that Seattle's, you know, movement left or progressive left has self-immolated on the funeral pyre of abolition defund, right? And and that this race in 2023 <laughs> is in some sense a continuation 
of what we saw in the 2021 and, and that just race, came out of nowhere, right? Huh? right, Sandeep, that people are paying, still paying attention to that for no reason, and it's not uh, being constantly put in front of their eyes by someone. It came out of the left going way too far. In, in, I mean, come uh, on, Sandeep. I, well, I know They boarded I know the crazy fact, train to crazy town, and they lost this. touch with their own progressive voters. That's what's happening. I know that you're smarter than this, and I also know that you're more cynical than this, Sandeep. So to suggest that, oh, to, to suggest that the voters in their infinite wisdom have focused, you know, maniacally on something that happened in 2020 and have noticed nothing else in the in the next three years is a ridiculous thing to say. What do you think these results were about, Erica? Like, what I, do you think? Well, happened I've already here? answered that question, but I think I think the results were about people. I mean, I we have we have actually agreed on this, <laughs> and, and then you kind of went. You, off you're on saying this, that the voters were direction the voters were about, duped by outside. No, you're saying the voters were duped well, by a flood of like cynical outside. I'm money. saying no. So to go back to what I said before, I think that mm-hmm. one of the main issues in these campaigns, obviously, was public safety and police hiring. The idea that if we hire more police, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like this is going to get a little repetitive because I already said it. But if we hire more police, we will have public safety. And if we arrest more drug users, we will not have drug addiction. And I think that those are not factually accurate claims. They haven't been proven by you know our history of trying those tactics. But I think we're going to see that on the ground. You know, at the same time, yes, I do think that all the money that people pour uh, into supporting the careers of people like you, Sandeep, and other consultants, Mm -hmm. um, they wouldn't be spending it if it didn't work. And for you to suggest that they are tabula rasa deciding on their own with no information from outside is is both absurd and also like you wouldn't be doing the job that you do for a living if you thought that. All right. So Erica is saying that the center lane candidates want to hire a lot of cops and lock people up. It's not a new idea. It takes us back to the Mark Sidron era and that there's a lot of money that amplified those messages so that that in part that explains these results. Sandeep Kashik, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like, I mean, Erica's setting up a kind of absolutist binary, right? And either you are fully on board with the left sort of positions on public safety, or the only alternative is war on drugs 2.0. It's Sidron time again in Seattle. This was, you know, now we're going to have some kind of fascistic, jackbooted law and order response, and it's going to fall on its face and fail. Yeah, you're certainly not over, ex- oversimplifying anything there, Sandeep. Well, well uh, that's basically what you're saying. And, and I will say this. I don't think the voters... What they did on Tuesday was a call for a full-on law and order, lock up drug users by the boatload or whatever, right? I don't think that's what this vote was. I think it was, they certainly think the current approaches aren't working. I don't think they know what the answer is, but they're saying, we want to give the moderates a chance to try something else. And, and the, what the moderates are, have been saying, I, I will agree with you to this point, I think it's now incumbent upon them, what is your plan? How are you going to go on this? But I think what they've been saying is we need more balance in our, in our uh, approach to public safety. Yes, we need alternative responses. Yes, we need a 911 alternative. Yes, we need diversion. Yes, we need more drug treatment. We need all of that stuff. But we also believe that Police response that that um, the criminal justice system plays a indispensable role 
within that. And that it is a balancing it is, act it between is the two things. It is wild that you would call that a need for balance when we haven't, we have just started standing up a very small six-person uh, new unit that is the entirety of all those things you're talking about. That is the that is the new investment. That's it. Six people, and you're saying, mm. "Oh my God, six people. We need a balance between that and you know the police department of a thousand people." And I just I just think that that is if that is the if that is the, something if you think it is overbalanced to hire six people, then you know I do think you know maybe you are for a very law and order centric approach, and maybe that is what you're saying the public is for because I think it is just absurd to say that we have gone wildly in the direction of trying alternatives and we we have barely even started. And that is three years after 2020, when the city council and the mayor started talking about doing some of these things. I think you're entirely missing my point, right? What I'm saying is every one of these, you know, fascistic, jackbooted, like Mark Sidron clones who are just getting elected to the city council. Every single one, every single one. Let me let me finish my point here, Erica. Every single one of those people totally supports building up the care team and and making it bigger than six people. And we need to move faster on that. None of them are saying, "Oh my God, how dare they put." Okay, Six well, FTEs we'll, we'll, on the see, we'll see we'll see what that. happens when they make when they write the budget in a year and we'll see if they we expand will. it. We but will. Uh, look, I think you're right that's that's the, that's the issue is the budget. Let's talk about that because these I, I think it's true. I think it's accurate to say that all of these candidates both said more police, more police, more police, but they also said more public health solutions, all the stuff you're, you're both talking about. How are they going to do that, Sandeep Kashik, when they're also saying we're not going to raise taxes? And the, and the city has a spending problem, I will say, too. That's what they keep saying. Right. The city has a So are there enough cuts to hire hundreds of more police officers and pay for those salaries, which if you can hire them, it's going to cost a lot, plus drug treatment, plus homelessness service? I mean, there's a, it's, that's going to be expensive. How the hell are they going to do all those things? Sandeep Kashik. You explain it. Yeah, I think that's a really a fair and good question, right? And and I will say this. I don't think that the moderate contingent that is going to be taking office in January of 2024 on the city council is a monolith on questions of revenue and taxation. I think somebody like Kathy Moore in D5 is, I think, pretty open to new revenue and taxes. I think some of the other ones are too. But I do think you're putting your finger on something that's right. I don't think the moderates can deliver real progress on public safety unless they also look at additional revenue. I don't, so in answer to your question, when I look at the budget, I don't think you can cut your way to a successful new regime that actually like addresses the fentanyl crisis on the streets. And so something's got to give there. If we're not going to look at new revenue, then you end up with a plan like the mayor put forward you know, to pass in September that led to the passage of the new version of the drug law, you know, that that, that passed. And by the way, which I, I think does show some interesting initial signs of, of promise that it's going to make a difference, but I don't think you can really do the full-on diversion, get people help without significant new investments in things like drug treatment. So I do think that is going to be a fundamental question going forward with this new council. Are they there on that? What's more important, progress on public safety or holding lines on, on taxes? I'd, I'd like to think that they really care about public safety and that we will, we will see something real come out of this. But I think the, it remains to be seen, right? We will see. 
that hits on a couple of important points. I mean, number one, you did have people on the campaign trail, multiple people, particularly Maritza Rivera, but, but also others saying the city does not have any kind of budget problems. It has a spending problem. And so what we need to do is cut spending. So we have people who are going to be on the city council who have been elected on presumably a mandate to cut spending. I think that, Sandeep, you're right. They're not going to be able to do that as easily as they sort of seem to think that they will be able to. But at the same time, it, it's going to there's going to be some hard choices. And I think that it is not likely that this particular group of council members is going to come in and say, let's expand the care team by 60 people, because that's not the mandate they were elected on. They were elected on a mandate of, you know, uh, cracking down on drug dealers, hiring more police and all the things we've discussed. But like you're leaving out the part where they did say, I mean, even from the most conservative, arguably candidate Bob Kettle on election night, you know, that he had campaigned on both the, the whatever you want to call it, law and order crackdown stuff, but also on the spending side, saying I'm going to be committed to the public health solutions piece of it. And my question is, how the hell are you going to do that if you're going to cut spending? But you're sort of implying, well, they have no intention of doing any of that. And, and no, maybe that's you're right. not what I said. So you're saying, David, that they all said that they want public health solutions. OK, uh, <laughs> I didn't. That was not the prominent part of these campaigns. But sure, I mean, I'm sure that. Everybody, I mean, from Sarah Nelson, who's probably the council's most conservative current member, says she wants drug treatment. I think the details of those proposals are going to be important and whether they're just lip service. But I think also another important issue is that none of these folks that are coming on the council have had any sort of... um, I'm not going to say relevant job experience, but directly relevant job experience. They're coming in completely green. And I think that when the mayor presents a budget document in a little less than a year that contains some amount of cuts, we don't know how much because they're probably going to pass revenue this year before the current council leaves, but some amount of cuts. I think it's going to be a challenge for people who have only, you know, who are only just getting their feet under them to come back and say, you know, no, we don't agree with this, or we want more public health spending here. Um, And I don't know that they're going to be motivated to do it, just based on what I've heard from, you know, out of their actual mouths on the campaign trail. I mean, there is no candidate in the city of Seattle, including Mark Sidron, if he was running, who would not say, yes, we also need public health solutions. But the question is, you know, when you're actually looking at legislation, you're actually sitting on the council looking at the budget, what do you propose? For Sarah Nelson, it's $30,000 bonuses for lateral police transfers and also also funding for private residential abstinence-based treatment centers. So, Sandeep, I love your optimism that they're going to come in with, you know, great ideas for actually dealing with uh, the fentanyl epidemic, but I am a little bit skeptical that they're going to be doing that in their first year. But, you know, we'll see. <laughs> right. And, and, and I'm not saying that I believe there's some, like, perfect plan already sitting on the shelf or these candidates have articulated a, a, a real vision for how we're going to address fentanyl or some of the other problems on our streets. I do think it is a big open question about what's going to happen now and what direction we're going to go in. I would say this election has turned into a huge win for Mayor Harrell, also a win for Sarah Nelson, right, who directly intervened in a number of races, including some of the races with her colleagues. We don't know what the outcome of the Tammy Morales race is going to be, but, uh, you know, Andrew Lewis just conceded today that was a race where Sarah cut an ad for Bob Cuddle, you know. Yeah, saying that people died because of Andrew Lewis not voting on the drug law. We can talk about why Andrew lost, but the point being, I think that 
the mayor and Sarah come out of this as winners, as big winners. And now, you know, I think Sarah said going into this council race, like she would love a council where she can count to five, where there are people that actually, you know, kind of share her approach and worldview. And so I do think now the public is not saying we want to throw everybody in jail. This is still progressive Seattle. The the housing levy is still passing by like a 70, you know, it'll pass by like a 70, 30 kind of margin. We're not any less progressive than we used to be, but people are pretty frustrated and fed up with the kind of kind of pablum they've got from certain elements of the left about how any kind of any any approach that involves any kind of prodding or coercion is the war on drugs 2.0 and they're just kind of like eh i don't really think that's right yeah and, and i don't think that's what the left lane candidates said during this election i mean i think you're once again kind of flailing away at the so-called twitter left without looking at what you know the more progressive candidates in each of these races said um, and it wasn't you know we don't believe in any prodding or coercion but but i actually can i offer a counterpoint on the herald uh, this is good news for herald front and Sunday, but yeah. I don't know if you'll disagree with this, but it also could be a bad thing for Harold in this sense that now, you know, his agenda, as I said at the top, he's got a mandate and mm-hmm. and and his promises to do something and his claims that, you know, the council and, I, you know, his his supporters claims anyway. I don't know that he said this explicitly, but that the council, you know, is getting in the way of him yeah. being able to do all the great things he wants to do. Well, that's gone. So mm-hmm. go, go forth and do great things, um, Harold and council. And if they don't. Um, you know, Harold's up in two years. And look, we don't know if he's going to run again. Uh, We don't know who else is going to be in that race if he does. But I think that could, you know, that could be a challenge or a campaign issue if in those two years with a mandate, he doesn't accomplish some of the things he's said he wants to get done. That's all the time we have here on Seattle Nice. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, If you want to donate to our Patreon account, please do head on over to Patreon slash Seattle Nice. And if you were expecting these candidates to get a honeymoon, uh, just listen up back to this episode and, and you'll see they haven't even been elected yet. And there's no honeymoon. <laughs> there are, Eric is already like throwing them onto the dust pile of history, right? <laughs> right. There are. Oh, there, there, and there shouldn't be a honeymoon. Come on. What's the honeymoon <laughs> thing anyway? All right. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. And uh, please give us a decent rating on wherever you get your podcast. If you like this podcast, I don't want to say we're struggling, but without your support, you know, it could die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't give us a five-star review. Erica is going to die unless you give us a lot of money. No. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> David, David, David will die then. I will uh, die. I might. I might. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening.